All right. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening, everybody. Wherever you are in your day, I hope you are having an amazing day. Um, so today, today I want to talk a little bit about a topic that is, I don't know, near and dear to my heart is the right phrase to use with this topic, but a topic that I have worked a lot on that I've worked long and hard on that I have reframed and written down and try to rework in every way imaginable, but it still pops up for me from time to time. So that topic would be the topic of limiting beliefs. Uh, if you follow me on YouTube, which just search my name, Amelia Rodrock on YouTube, and you can follow my channel. Um, I talked a little bit, I did a short video on limiting beliefs. So on my YouTube channel, I try to do, you know, three or four times a week, you know, very short videos on just little things that I'm thinking about. And then a lot of those I turn into longer podcasts. Some of them I don't. Um, I also like to do them on my farm. So you get to see my animals, my pigs and chickens and goats and all that fun stuff. Um, so pop over to YouTube, Amelia Rodrock, subscribe to my channel so you can kind of keep up with what I'm doing from day to day. But today I wanted to do a podcast directly on limiting beliefs and talking about limiting beliefs because no matter who you are, no matter where you are in life, um, no matter what's happening in the world, all of us have limiting beliefs. It is something that is strong in all of us and they are things that hold us back or don't allow us to show up as powerfully as we want to be. And so like I said, I've done a lot of work on limiting beliefs and I have been able to, you know, transform a lot of them or, you know, change my thinking around a lot of them. But honestly, you know, they're very deep rooted. So in moments of weakness or moments uh, when I am stressed or feeling overwhelmed, um, those limiting beliefs pop back up. Or, you know, maybe I'm confronted with some controversy about what I'm trying to do, you know, about, you know, reaching women and helping women and, you know, some of the stuff I'm doing with my podcast and with my coaching and my YouTube channel. You know, these limiting beliefs, you know, pop back up in my life, even though I've done a lot of work. So I thought it would be helpful to kind of talk about them and talk about, you know, what they are and, you know, why they're here, when they're formed, and then give you some tools to help start to one, figure out what your limiting beliefs are, and two, to start transforming those limiting beliefs so you can really thrive to your full potential. So limiting beliefs, they start early. They form in our being between ages zero and seven. Um, they can happen later, so they can form later, but most of the time, our strong, deep-rooted limiting beliefs happen between zero and seven. Uh, so you, you were very young when these limiting beliefs happened. So think back on your life. Think back between ages zero and seven or so. You know, what was happening in your life? Um, you know, was, were, was everybody happy in your family? You know, did a parent pass away, which was my case. My father passed away when I was three. Um, you know, did a parent get remarried? which again was my case, you know, did you have siblings? Did you have, you know, were you abused in some way between zero and seven? Like what happened between those formative years of um, consciousness of kind of figuring out who we are and who we are in the world and having these beliefs form in our, in our core, in our being, you know, what happened to you? Because those incidents, those traumas, those things that happened when we were young, 
that is what forms the limiting beliefs. And that is why you will be my age, 40, and still maybe trying to figure some of them out. Or, oh, wait, I'm 41. I just turned 41. 41, not 40. Um, But still trying to figure them out or still reworking them and working with them so they don't hold you back in life. So they don't, you know, make you show up small. Uh, And, you know, limiting beliefs are always there. They're not something that you maybe think about every single day. So you're not consciously thinking like, about your limiting beliefs, they run in the background of your mind. They're kind of like a phone app. And um, some of you probably, you know, heard this analogy, but if you have an iPhone, you can double click the middle button here. I'm going to show my phone. So double click that button and it brings up all of the apps that you have been on since you have um, closed all the apps down. So these are running in the background of your phone, draining your phone's battery, draining the power, draining the energy. So they're really easy to actually close down. You just swipe up, swipe up. So this closes down all of the apps that are running in the background of my phone, draining its battery. And that's the same thing that happens with us. You know, our limiting beliefs just run in the background of our mind, draining our power, draining our batteries, draining our energy every single day, even if we're not consciously aware of it. And now it's not as easy as swiping up to have those limiting beliefs go away, but that's kind of the same principle. If you start figuring them out and working with them and truly start transforming those limiting beliefs to have them serve you and not have you show up, you know, less of because of them, then you can really use those to your advantage. And, you know, a lot of times limiting beliefs are created out created out of some sort of pain or some sort of necessity or something in our lives that wasn't necessarily a positive experience. And, you know, the pain that we have went through in our lives have really allowed us to be who we are now. And that's, this is my opinion about our past. You know, I'm, I've had a lot of shit happen in my past. And if you listen to any of my other podcasts, I kind of talk about my past and talk about um, who I was and how I showed up and the pain associated with that or the pain that led to that. And for a long time, I used to think less of, of myself because of this pain, because of what happened in my past, because of what I did. I didn't realize that all of the pain has made me stronger for who I am now. And if I didn't experience that, I wouldn't be the same person I am today. And some of you listening to this maybe aren't at a place where you like who you are yet. And that's okay. You know, this is all a process and it's all just little steps to get to the direction that you're going and to get to where you want to be. So maybe you're not as far along as me. Um, Maybe you haven't realized that the pain of your past has made you strong for who you are now, but just trust the process. Know that that is what will happen if you allow it to happen. So if you start working with that pain and leaning into that pain, not pushing it away, because that's what we do so much as humans. You know, we have this pain or we have this stuff in our past that we're ashamed of or um, not happy about or like want to hide. So we get as far away from as possible. We we push it away because it's, it's we feel like it's not serving us. It's not there to help us. But really what we need to do is lean into it. We need to learn from it. We need to extract the good from it because with everything painful that happened, 
there was something equally as good happening, or you can extract something good from that pain. It taught you something. It showed you something. You know, there's something good happened out of this pain. And I know some of you might be listening to this and say, you know what, I had this serious pain when I was a child. Um, I had this happen to me and this happened to me, and I, I can't see the good and I can't see what good could be happening. I know it gave me all these limiting beliefs, but I cannot see the good. And that's okay. I, I get it. I understand. I, I know there are some pains that are hard to process and that maybe we can't extract something good. So maybe look at what else was happening in your life at the same time. And where was their good? And let's start thinking about that instead of that pain. You know, some traumas are traumas that I can't help with and that I can't, you, know, I, you need, some people need more help than what I can give. Um, but if, you know, if you're looking back and you're like, you know, I did this and this and this happened and this happened and this happened and you can understand what it was and you can work with what it was and you can process what it was, then, you know, doing some of this work with me is probably a better idea than if you have some deep, deep deep trauma um, that maybe you need some more professional help with. So that's just a little caveat to what we're talking about. So how do you figure out what your limiting beliefs are? So this is an exercise that I have recently went through. Um, It's something I kind of acquired while I was listening to some different podcasts um, from different life coaches and different things that I've personally done. And this kind of resonated with me on how to figure out your limiting beliefs and then how to kind of start working with them and transforming them. So the first thing I want you to do, and this might be, if you're listening to this while you're driving, just kind of think about this stuff. But I would encourage you when you get home or when you have some time to re-listen to this podcast and pause it after I ask these questions and actually write write it down because writing it down will help you to start to recognize what's happening in your life. All right, so the first thing I want you to do is I want you to list the top five memories from when you were a kid that maybe aren't the best memories, that maybe aren't super pleasant memories. But so the top five memories from when you were young, um, try to get five. I, I know sometimes, especially if you had a great growing up and a great experience, it might be hard to find five, but really try to get five. I mean, try to stick to the zero to seven, but you know, maybe it's, you're a little bit older, um, I mean, you can't remember the trauma from zero to seven, but this is something that keeps replaying. So it, it happened maybe when you're 10 or 12, but it's something rooted when, in zero to seven. And that's okay. Just what are five memories from when you were a child that you don't necessarily like? So one of mine, and I gave this example in my YouTube, um, was my very first memory was when I was about five. And the reason I know I was five is because that's when my mother remarried my stepfather. I was five. And I remember we lived in this big house in town. And after she got married, we moved out to the country to his house. But our house in town, you know, they had just gotten married and they were getting ready to come back from their honeymoon. And I remember looking out a big window and I I don't remember. I feel like I was looking out onto the driveway. So I would have been looking like south, maybe out of our house on a big window. And I just remember being sad and feeling lonely and longing and like, when is mom going to come home? What's happening? Just an overwhelming feeling of sadness and lone, a loneliness. Um, you know, I, I, I don't remember anything prior to that. I don't remember my biological dad. He died when I was three. I don't remember their wedding, which would have happened a few days prior to this memory, but this is the first memory I have. And it's kind of a traumatic memory, uh, 
because it's overwhelmingly sad and it's overwhelmingly longing, you know, a longing in me for my mother to come home and for her to be there. So that's my first memory. Um, And that's not a pleasant memory to have. Um, You know, I remember growing up, lots of yelling, fighting, you know, my, my mom and stepdad didn't always get along real well. Um, So there was a lot of that, Um, a lot of, you know, not great memories around uh, my sister and um, how I felt like she treated us. Now she was here. She would probably say, Oh, I didn't treat you that way. But just my feelings now of how I see saw that as a child wasn't being treated very well. Um, I remember lots of loneliness and sadness. Um, I remember I was the middle child. So take that for what that's worth middle child syndrome. Uh, so I remember never feeling seen or never really feeling worthy. So some of mine aren't specific memories. Um, it's just lots of memories of sadness or feeling unworthy or not feeling seen. Uh, so those are some of my earliest like memories that aren't good, that don't make me feel maybe warm and fuzzy inside. I have lots of memories that make me feel warm and fuzzy inside, but those are some of them that absolutely do not. Okay. Now that you have your five memories, and like I said, try to get five, I want you to write down a brief summary of how that made you feel. So how did those memories make you feel? So like I said, looking out the window, waiting for my mom to come home, I felt sadness, I felt alone, I felt anxiety, I felt anxious. You know, growing up, a lot of not feeling included, uh, feeling alone, feeling sad. So those are a lot of things on how I felt growing up. So write down how those memories made you feel. Um, So whatever those top five not fabulous memories are, how did those make you feel? So I want you to go through each memory now and write down what you decided about yourself and the world regarding this memory. Because with each of those memories, you decided something about you. You decided something about the world. You decided something with that memory. Use I am statements. So I am unworthy. I am unappreciated. I am unlovable. I am alone. I am worthless. I am inadequate. I am, what are those I am statements you decided about yourself because of these memories and the feelings you had associated with those memories? And everybody's will be different. I bet a lot of them will be, I'm, I'm alone, I'm unlovable, I'm unworthy, um, I'm inadequate, things like that. And so really think about that. You know, how did those make you feel? What did you decide? Because we all decide something about who we are and the world around us. So maybe, you know, the world is a terrible place. The world isn't fun to live in. You know, what are those memories? What are those feelings? What are those phrases now that you tell yourself when something happens? So for me, a lot of it was I'm inadequate. And, you know, this still pops up with me. And it popped up recently uh, within the last uh, month. And, you know, for me, it has to do with imposter syndrome. So I feel like I'm an imposter sometimes. Like, who am I? Who am I to do what I'm doing? Who am I to think that I can help other women thrive? You know, who am I? You know, who am I in my office to think I can help other people? Who am I? So, you know, things happen and it used to happen a lot in my office. So if, if, you know, a patient didn't stick to care or a patient said no, or a patient didn't come in, I would take it very personally. Like what's wrong with me? What am I not doing? That's 
not good for this person in my office. And it would be very hard on me if this would happen. You know, I've learned since then that I, I can't take anything personally. Like it's not personal. Like they have other, you know, people have their own issues or reasons why they're not maybe coming in or doing what you think they should do. Cause now I'm shooting me onto them and that's not what I need to be doing. Um, but it's not, usually it's not me. Usually it has nothing to do with me. You know, usually it's time, finances, you know, different things like that. Typically it's not me personally. So I've been able to take a step back from that and know that this, that's not about me most of the time. And so I've had less and less imposter syndrome in my office since being able to do that. But now that I'm kind of branching out and doing something else, um, something that's been on my heart for a long time to do, which is, you know, helping women and helping women thrive and using my stories and my past and my experiences to help women, you know, just level up in life. Um, you know, I've started to feel those waves of imposter syndrome come back because again, who am I, who am I to help you? You know, who am I to use my past to maybe help other people, but really who am I not, you know, who, who am I not to do it? You know, I have every right to do it just like any, anybody else does. And I, you know, I feel very blessed to be able to speak my story and speak my truth powerfully now and to use who I was and who I am to maybe help other people. But even though I know that in here and here where those limiting beliefs are running every once in a while, I forgot to swipe it away and it's just draining my power because it pops back up. I think another one of mine is, um, well, no, I think I did inadequate already. So inadequate going back onto inadequate, uh, you know, my relationship troubles, for a long, 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 long time, um, you know, picking men who weren't the right men for me, or who made me feel less of, or who you know emotionally or mentally, you know, didn't treat me the best. And then I found one who was fantastic, but I felt always inadequate. I felt unworthy of love, and so that's how I showed up in that relationship. And with my husband, was very unworthy and very inadequate. And I let everything trigger me and everything piss me off because I still had those limiting beliefs about who I was and who I wasn't with love. And so I had to do a lot of reframing around those. But what are yours? Once you start to know what your limiting beliefs are, then you can start to reframe them and rework them. So if we keep in our mindset that I am this, I am that, I am inadequately a negative word. I am this, that is negative. You know, that is how we're going to show up. So I want you to start off by writing, I am adequate. I am worthy. I am love. I am light. I am whatever you are. Write that down because our limiting beliefs are really the glasses in which we see the world through. And we don't want to see the world through those glasses anymore. So now we have to transform them. Now we have to rework them. Because no matter what you want your outcome to be, your limiting beliefs will sabotage you along the way. So no matter how well I wanted to show up for my patients in my office or how well I wanted to do as a chiropractor, if I always thought I'm not adequate, I'm not worthy, what would that do to my practice? It wouldn't grow. Nobody wants to go see somebody who thinks they're not worthy, 
who has all these limited beliefs about who they are in their office, you know, there's an energy about that. So it's time to start transforming those limiting beliefs. It's time to start transforming that energy so you can show up stronger, so you can show up more powerfully in your life. Because that's ultimately what I want for each and every one of you is to show up powerfully in life and not to let limiting beliefs hold you down, not to let them drain your power, not to let them zap your energy, and not to let them define who you are anymore. So I want you to sit down and do this little, do the little, the questions that I just went over and figure out what your deep rooted limiting beliefs are. And so, like I said, a lot of mine were, I'm unworthy. I'm not good enough. So that was a big one for a long time. And it still kind of is. I'm not good enough, which really transforms into I am inadequate. And I feel like as women, maybe, you know, I'm speaking as a woman since that's what I am. That's all I can speak as. Uh, And I was going to say maybe men feel this too or don't feel this. I don't really know. But I feel like as a woman, we put, as a woman, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to be enough, but we live in a society that makes us feel like we're not enough. So if you stay home with your children, then you're not working. So you're not, you're not, you know, in that realm, you're not good enough to work. But if you don't stay home with your children and you work, then you're not a good enough mother. And, you know, you're not a good enough lover because you don't have sex with your husband enough, or you're not a good enough, whatever, uh, daughter, because you don't call your mother all the time. I mean, what, what are, you know, we put so much pressure on ourselves. Society puts so much pressure on us. Social media, so much pressure on us. Oh gosh. Don't get me started on that. Just, you know, and I use social media a lot. You know, I use it to help grow my office. I'm using it to help start my coaching business. I mean, I use social media a lot. So I know there's good in social media, but there's also not good, you know, especially right now, you know, most, most of us have so much fear around the world right now. And, you know, looking at social media really solidifies that fear in our bodies. And if somebody presents to us something that's maybe contrary to our fear, we get angry because we're here, we're stuck in this fear and we can't get out of it. We, we don't know how we don't. And that's part of our limiting beliefs is why we're stuck in the sphere because we allow the fear to run our lives instead of, again, leaning into the fear and learning from it. So learn your fears, learn your limiting beliefs, figure out what's holding you back, do the little exercise I show, and then start to work with the wording of your limiting beliefs of your, I am not worthy. I am inadequate. I am unlovable. I am alone. Because if that's how you present yourself, then that's that you're going to find evidence to support that. And I did that for so, so long. I found all the evidence to support my limiting beliefs because that's what was on my mind all the time. But now that I've transformed that and I've been able to get outside of my limiting beliefs, that's what's on my mind. And so that's what I'm attracting to my life. And that's what I want for you also. Attract things to your life that aren't holding you down. Attract things to your life that bring you up, that help you strive to be better, that make you a powerful person because you will feel so much more content with your life if you do. All right. So limiting beliefs, figure out what they are, rewrite them to make them serve you. Lean into your fear. Lean into what's holding you back. And you will thrive like never before. 
All right. So you can connect with me on social media. As I just said, social media was bad. And now I'm telling you to connect with me on social media. Um, my Facebook page is um, Transforming Self with Amelia Rodrock, Helping Women Thrive. So I invite you to join that Facebook community. Uh, I'm also starting coaching. So if you're interested in seeing or hearing what that is about, please reach out to me. Uh, my email address is D-R, like Dr. D-R Amelia, A-M-E-L-I-A, C as in cat, W as in water. So Dr. Amelia C-W at gmail.com. You are more than welcome to email me, message me on Messenger, message me on Instagram, I guess. I have an Instagram account. Um, Follow me on YouTube. Um, But I'm really here to help each and every one of you thrive and live the life of your dreams. Um, So, all right. Well, thank you for listening today, and I will be back next week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the show. There are many ways to connect with me, and I want to connect with each and every one of you. Facebook seems to be the easiest right now. I have a Facebook page for my podcast, the Transforming Self podcast page, Or you can connect with me personally, Amelia Rodrock, on Facebook. I also have an Instagram and a YouTube page. So please reach out. I am here for each and every one of you. I want to help every one of you thrive to your full potential.